fa l'americano, americano, americano, scienda me chi do fa fa. The new edition of One Pomodoro with Andrea Hedlund, and we have a very special guest as usual, Chi Vega. Oh, hello, Andrea. <laughs> Hi, Chi. How are you doing? I'm great. And you? I'm I'm doing okay. You know, it's Sunday, relaxing. I was just watching Netflix, actually. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah. Are you watching any yes. nice series at the moment? Uh, I started this miniseries called uh, The Spy. It's about mm. this uh, Israeli man who joins the, the Syrian... Uh, actually, I think it's the other way around. A Syrian man who goes to Israel and he becomes a, a spy for Mossad or something like that. Very interesting. Nice. Very cool. Nice. So, thank you so much for joining me, Chi. It's, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for uh, having me. Some... Yeah, I have somebody here who wants to say hello. I know ah, that you love Mr. Mr. Truck. I do, I do. I'm like such a such a kid. I'm, I'm a <laughs> yes. sucker for Mr. Trunk. He's yes, like I know. Coolest. I think you're you're like his biggest fan, you know. So he's very happy to have you on this edition of One Pomodoro with me. So should I start the timer? Yes. We have 25 minutes. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's run. <laughs> let's do it. So Chi Vega, thank you very much again. I would like you to introduce yourself for those who might not know what you do. Tell us a little bit about who Chi Vega is, okay? That's a very tough question to begin with, right? Yes. But um, <laughs> I think of myself professionally as, um, as a teacher, uh, teacher trainer slash teacher educator, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And um, I've been teaching for about... Uh, God, I'm really bad at maths, <laughs> <laughs> but around 17 This... years now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So it's quite some time. So how, how, how do you manage to keep so young, you know? Well, lots of Botox, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yes. You, you were like so, 12 when you started? <laughs> I was actually 16 when I started. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. actually 16. No, I'm joking. And, and I joke all the time, I think. Uh, yes. Even though I don't, I don't think of myself as a particularly funny person. I, okay. I, you know, I try to, to take this to my classes, to my training sessions, to, That's you know, funny. try to make everyone feel uh, comfortable. Because... That's, um, that's good. This, this job that we have as English teachers... As a teacher educators, we're dealing with a lot of emotions that are yes. sometimes very complicated. And, oh, yeah, most uh, definitely. So as much as we can make people feel relaxed and welcome, that's one of my goals always. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because, as you know, I love neuroscience and psychology, and I feel mm -hmm. like we have to deal with people's emotions more often, you know? I think we need to, yeah. to conquer people when we're teaching them. We have to exactly. convince them that we have something to say. So if you're doing that, that's wonderful. And I think everybody else should be doing the same, right? Yes, it's something that I really try. Uh, it's not something that happens overnight when you have a new student or a new group of teachers. And um, it is very difficult to, to, I yeah. think, to establish that relationship, that rapport. But I do yes. think it's fundamental, and uh, the kind of teaching 
English that I try to do and yep. uh, the things that I always like to include and make teachers think when it comes to teacher training are at least I'd like to think that they are yep. uh, very critical. So for sure. you to sometimes make people uh, think critically, especially yep. nowadays here in Brazil, that we are still going through a very difficult political climate. Oh, yes, definitely. If you don't have that relationship, that safe space, yep. I think it becomes very difficult for the person to open up and yep. um, perhaps try to deconstruct a few things. Wonderful. But I'm very curious about, you know, uh, something that I normally ask everyone who's, who's been on One Pomodoro with me. A lot of English teachers in Brazil do not have a teaching degree or they started in a different area. Is that your case? Because I, yes. I studied international relations, you know. Uh, Rodolfo Machello, the last one I interviewed, he, he's an engineer, right? So I didn't know he was an engineer. Yeah, he's a mechanical engineer. I, I was yeah. like, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I haven't watched that episode yet. And uh, <laughs> But you see, I think like Rodolfo, who, who has the master's yeah. in, in ELT, Applied Linguistics, right? I think yeah. it's very important uh, for teachers who are watching us at home and perhaps started like yeah. Rodolfo, like you, and like me, like not really yeah. professionally, to understand yeah. that they need to get qualifications. That's very important. Oh, yes. So talking about how I started, yeah. uh, I started very young. Basically, I was a teenager when I started teaching. I started when I was 16. So you can't really okay. get very professional when you're 16. <laughs> Probably not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, at the same time that it was, it was good for me, it was a good experience, uh, making a yeah. little bit of money and everything. Um, it, it was definitely not the best that, sure. uh, in an ideal situation, a student would have. Yeah. But uh, that's how I started. And then two years later, I started uh, studying letters, our BA okay. languages here in Brazil. Yeah. And because uh, I noticed that even though at the beginning, I didn't think that I would work exclusively as a teacher i thought a lot about translation which is something ah, that i okay. did do for for a long time okay uh, but always in parallel with teaching always like translating Perfect. but also teaching yeah and so uh, that's how uh, i started getting more professional yeah yeah wonder, so you actually started in in the right area you know languages and uh i did i feel like here here in Brazil, we do have most people, especially from an upper class, they have a certain prejudice against, you know, the teaching career and letras in general. So th is there anything that pushed you in, 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 you know, I'm going to do that because of something in particular? I received, so why did you choose that? Yeah, it's funny that you, that you mentioned that because I received that kind of criticism as well. Yeah. Uh, for instance, my father is a physiotherapist, and he said, wouldn't you like to be like a doctor or something? Yeah. And I said, no, like, it's really not for <laughs> yeah. me. I understand that's your passion, like treating people, taking care of people. But, okay. but that's just not for me. Uh, my mother was a little bit more easygoing. Actually, okay. at first, I wanted to study communications, uh, specifically wanted to be a journalist. 
but then yep. like, I really fell in love, more in love with languages. As, so as, as, as I continued studying English, also because when I started teaching, I wasn't really like a proficient uh, teacher. Yeah. I was like more B1 slash B2, having to B2. And it is very normal here in Brazil. Yeah, so as I continued, I fell in love with the language more and more. And I no noticed yes. that something that was, that was the, the driving force for me to, to go to communications was exactly languages, working with language, manipulating yeah. the language. And uh, I always liked literature. So that was also Wonderful. something that yeah. really stimulated me at the time. Okay, that's good. And and uh, do you remember what made you become a teacher? What was the, you know, how did you actually become a teacher? What was the need that you had at the time? I remember I, I didn't have a job mm -hmm. and uh, I saw an ad in a newspaper and my mom said, well, you speak English, why don't you apply? And that's basically how I became a teacher. I don't know if something similar happened to you or... It was, it, it was similar. Um... It wasn't exactly like a job ad on the newspaper, but it was like, okay, yeah. so we need someone to be kind of a, like a monitor, like an English monitor. So you would, okay. uh, when, when teachers were absent, you would cover uh, for them, substitute for them, and yeah. uh, also have some, some time uh, allotted for me to give support to students who needed. So... Sure. It was really like they knew I couldn't speak English or some English, and, and that's <laughs> okay. how it started. And also Good. teaching other people, like my community, like here and there. But it was never something I, was, I would do like full time, you know? Sure. At the time, I just started like really working with teaching more substantially. When I was already yeah. at university, and then that's about around, that's around 18, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I always thought it was going to be a, a gig or, you know, something I would do for some time until I got the real job because, you know, everybody kept telling me that's not a real job, right? Yeah. And now I can't see myself doing anything else, right? Yeah, we, we <laughs> Good, good. So I think we covered the two first questions. Uh -huh. uh, the third question is a little bit tougher, I think. So are you ready? I hope yes. you are. <laughs> what do you wish today that you had known at the beginning? If you could go back in time and tell that, you know, 16-year-old, 17-year-old, Chief Vega, what would you tell yourself? I think I would stress... Uh, the importance of uh, language development and how yes. as teachers we should always develop our language skills and never stop studying. And uh, when I started at the very beginning, I thought that was enough because I knew I was going to teach mm -hmm. mostly basic students. And then I thought it was enough because my English was, I knew my English wasn't, I knew it wasn't fluent like C2 yeah. level. But I thought it was enough. And um, I, I know it happens these days. A lot of teachers, especially in Brazil, watching us, uh, yeah. they sometimes, they are some levels above their students. It happens. I think it's possible. You can do a very good job as a teacher. But I don't Definitely. think it's ideal. Yes. 
So I, I, I couldn't agree more, you know, and, and it's important uh, to mention that now we, we are actually talking about CPD and mm -hmm. I feel like it came kind of late in my life as a teacher. So do you remember the moment when you realize I really have to develop as a teacher? Yeah. And I have to start going to uh, ELT events and, and read books or something like that? It's funny that you mentioned that because I am someone who's active, I would say, in our community yes. here in Brazil. I, I second that. That's true. Yes, you are very active. Yes. yes I, I do some volunteer work and then... Um, Something that people never usually talk about volunteer work is that it, it does give you the opportunity to develop some skills that you wouldn't normally uh, develop. So if you're watching us and if you have time, uh, we always need help. Like Bristisol always needs help. Um, yeah. Other communities of practice always need help. So uh, try to be a volunteer and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot. But that shift for me, I, I used to be very resistant Because, oh. um, yeah, I, I remember once I used to work at that school and then they realized they, had, um, they hadn't paid us for something that we had done. And it was okay. a time that there was going to be an event held here in Rio. And then they said, okay, okay so now with that money, you can go there. And I remember saying to my boss, uh, well, I, I honestly don't, don't think I'm going because... I feel that whenever I go to these events, I always yep. hear the same things. And oh, it's never something it, new. Interesting. And yeah. nowadays I realize that even though you might go to events and you might feel that you're hearing the same things over and over again, there are sometimes some moments of like some insights that yes. you're only going to get if you go to those places and you interact with those people and sometimes hear the same things over and over again. Yes. And even though you might hear the same things over and over again, there's a chance you might hear something you've never heard before. Exactly. So, and that yeah. will make everything work worth it. Yes. So I used to, and, to, to think very, like, I used to be very narrow-minded in the sense that I thought that, okay, so everything has to yeah. be new. And that's not how it works. Yeah. It's never how it works. No, no. But so that's interesting because I, I kept uh, thinking about how you work today. You, you are not really working at schools anymore, right? No. So you're, you're teaching online, private students and uh, training uh, other teachers. And yeah. uh, how, because I think a lot of people can get isolated in the ELT community when they, yeah. they have the same situation that you do now. So yeah. how important it is for you, a private, you know, online teacher, tutor, to go to ELT events because, you know, that's the chance you have to network with people, right? To network with people, to get ideas, to be inspired, because that's yeah. also something that really motivated me to get more involved in the teaching community, in the teaching, teaching communities, I would say, here in Brazil. It was yes. when I started working for myself and it felt very lonely and I desperately wanted to connect with other people. So I wouldn't exactly. feel that lonely. And uh, at the time that I started working for myself, uh, something that I stopped doing at the time was training teachers, was working with teachers. Sure, and that's yeah. something that I missed a lot because it was something that I was doing 
almost exclusively previously. And all of, all of a sudden, I wasn't in contact with those people anymore. Uh, and uh, I absolutely love training teachers, educating teachers. I think teachers are wonderful students. And they are. They are. We so, are, right? <laughs> we are, exactly. We are, so, yes. So it was something that I really missed a lot. So it was yes. the moment for me to also be in touch with other teachers. And um, I noticed that sometimes, and uh, I think some people might relate to this, you might yeah. be surrounded with people, with teachers, who really don't think CPD is important, who think uh, those things yeah. are a waste of time because they're not going to directly impact on your hourly rate. Yeah. And um, the internet kind of opened my eyes for, so I could see that there are people who think differently, who think that exactly. even though this is not going to maybe at first directly yeah. impact on my salary, this yeah. is something worth doing and trying and taking courses yeah. and everything. I mean, if, if you're going to have the same salary, you might as well try to be more effective in the way you teach, right? So, more effective so in the way you teach and sometimes mm -hmm. you are a job and uh, you don't feel you're appreciated. You don't feel that uh, you have possibilities of development and that's okay to have these jobs. But once you realize that you want something more, oftentimes yes. for you to get something better, you also need to be better qualified more. So you need to pursue exactly. uh, these things. So what they yes. say about teachers and, and studying it is really true. We, we as teachers, we, we can't stop studying. Yeah, definitely. Paulo Freire used to say that, that exactly. we have a lot of resistance. And you know what? We shouldn't because we are the ones who need to inspire students to be always, you know, uh, going after uh, renovation, trying to become more knowledgeable about things. And so we have to be the first role models, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it, it just doesn't make sense if you're a teacher and, and, and if you get resistant to learning. Yeah, exactly. Wonderful. Now, what about Chi as a student? Um, I'm curious. Were you a good student? <laughs> it depends. It depends on, it depends on, on the, which on, level, right? It depends on the subject also, because <laughs> I used to be a very good student of English. I used to be okay. like the dream student. I would do all my homework. Um, Wonderful. And take every opportunity that I had to, you know, practice language and everything. So, yes, I was a very good English student. But, but... as a student in general, I think I was very average. Average okay. to, to sometimes like below average. When I was okay. an adult, I, I, and this, I discovered this when I was like doing like on my postgrad degree. I, I was yeah. diagnosed with uh, attention deficit disorder. So, so ah, many okay. things yes. that happened to me at school about yeah. the way I felt at school and not feeling stimulated and excited. Cool. A lot of things made sense. Yes. I wish they had made sense sooner because then I would yeah. probably have taken uh, more opportunities and, and um, 
Yeah. And uh, this is very important, you know, yeah. to, to diagnose because yeah. we know that many people in, in, you know, the global population, they have ADHD. Exactly. Uh, and uh, it's important to tell them how they can manage themselves in the classroom. Exactly. And you know what? Sometimes, like, you know, you turned out fine because you mm -hmm. became, uh, you know, a, a wonderful teacher trainer. You have, you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> you volunteer, but some other people might be discouraged because they cannot find the one thing that really exactly. catches their attention, right? Exactly, and, and that's very sad. And uh, it's something that I think as educators, we need to, I, I mean, we as teachers, we can diagnose people, but yeah. we, we, I think we should um, tell parents to look at some students and, uh, and think, okay, yeah. so perhaps you might want to see a psychologist or yeah, you might want to see a pediatrician because yeah. we, we often feel when something is different. Definitely. And that's how we are, like a little different. Um, okay, Perfect. so I have difficulty sometimes concentrating, keeping focused, but you know, I, st I still have a normal life. I, I have students, exactly. like any other teacher, I also train teachers. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, and so it, it, is, it is possible, it is doable. So also something that we yeah. sometimes tend to do is look at a person, look at a student with any kind of special needs or disability and put that label and put that person in a box and think that yes. that person is not able to do things when um, yeah. actually they might not be able to do the things that you want them to do, which doesn't mean that they're not able to do exactly or in the way that exactly in the way that we want them to do so we have mm -hmm. to work with accommodation modification basically mm -hmm. wonderful this is very important we should talk more about things like that i know priscilla vicente is talking a lot about this yeah. she has a wonderful course so people you can follow Pri vicente on uh instagram i think mm -hmm. so look her up you're gonna find wonderful uh resources yeah, okay we've Rodriguez got also talks about that Want. Cynthia Rodriguez as well. So we got like uh, three minutes left, but okay. I can I can give you a, a little extra time. That's okay. <laughs> so, Chi, what what moves you today as a professional? What are some of your goals? You know, what do you want now? I am very passionate as a teacher trainer. Uh, it's something that does give me a lot of joy. Wonderful. Uh, so. Like the courses that I uh, independent, I run independently. Uh, being associated here in Brazil, specifically in Rio, with uh, Trinity and being a, a tutor in the searches of course, those things give me a lot of joy. But also like being in the classroom. So for me, being yes. in the classroom is very important. So that's something that sometimes people ask me: oh, Why don't you do more teacher training? Why don't you run more courses uh, throughout the year? Yeah. But I also need to have time for my students. I, and some Definitely. students who are teachers work a lot with like exam prep. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. Yes. So, definitely my job. You want to keep a foot in the classroom or not the classroom, yeah. <laughs> you know, online teaching, but yeah. you want to be teaching students English. You yeah. don't want to abandon that. No, because I, 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 that's something that I see happening to some people. Uh, yeah. Of course, that not everybody that is out of the classroom has lost touch with the classroom. That's not what I mean. Yeah. 
but um, I feel that right now, if I were completely out of the classroom, I would lose touch. And especially yes. also working with initial teacher training, I feel it's very important that I have contact with regular students each and every day. Perfect. Perfect. You have, you have to keep that feeling of, you know, teaching uh, real students alive because if yeah. you're too, uh, you know, away from the classroom, then it's, it, it, you kind of lose touch with the reality of what is to be in the classroom as a teacher. Yeah. And then I don't think you, you are a very effective teacher trainer in, in some respects, maybe, right? Yeah, I think when, when we start thinking that we have all the answers as, as trainers, that's probably the moment to step back, uh, yep. regroup, study a little yes. bit, question a little bit. Perfect. Wonderful. So now the last question, and we have like a, one minute left, but okay. that's okay. Uh, what are some of your suggestions, you know? What do you recommend for teachers out there? And if you can talk a little bit about Brelt, that would be wonderful because I recommend, and I'm pretty sure you do too, so what in terms of, you know, actions, oh, okay, we still have some time, actions, resources, courses, anything. Uh, my first recommendation would be to join these communities of practice, such as Brelt, Bristol um, yes. as well, like our association. It, it is very important for the profession that we teachers join Bristol. Bristol uh, needs people, Bristol needs money. So yes. Uh, yes. we have a, a very good system of membership that you don't need to spend or feel that you're spending that much money. Uh, Brelt mm -hmm. is basically for free. We do have yeah. our events, Brelt on the Road. We sometimes offer some courses, but like 95% of everything that we do is for free. And those things have really changed uh, uh, my career. So oh, yes. yeah. It, it, it's uh, it's impossible not to me to talk about these things because these communities, these people have made me reconnect with my passion because mm -hmm. I saw that there were other people who also believed that it was important to get more qualified, to keep studying, to, yes. you know, not just prepare my lessons on Sunday so I could teach on Monday. But there was more yes. to that. So join Wonderful. these communities. They are very important. And uh, as you said at the very beginning of our conversation, teaching in Brazil is kind of seen as like a gig, a side job, something that is not uh, to be taken seriously. So as yeah. we get together as teachers, as professionals, I think, for instance, whenever I tell my students that I'm going to travel yeah. for business, because that's what it is, yeah, yeah. They usually sure. like, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Because they do that too. They also go. My to... teacher is, you know, doing some professional development. That's exactly. important. Yeah. Um, because they do that too. They also go to congresses. They also have exactly. uh, courses that they take. So why shouldn't we as well? Yes. Yes. And you know, I'd, I'd like to to wrap up here with a very important message. I became Achievener. I actually got Achievening Scholarship because I went to the very first edition of yeah. Brelt on the Road in Rio. Yeah. So, so that's the importance, you know. I found out that there was this scholarship that I could apply. And uh, if I hadn't, you know, attended, I 
I don't know, maybe I would have never heard of Chivninor. So thank you very much for the work that you've been doing that everybody a else pleasure. on the team has yeah, it's been a doing. Team. Five people, it's we a are team. five. Yeah, we are a team of five. Bruno and I, uh, Barbara, Edu, Priscilla. And... Priscilla was the one who, who yeah. delivered the session. Priscilla yeah. and Cecilia, right? And Cecilia, yes, exactly. Wonderful. Yeah. So this is okay. how our community transforms people's lives. And it's true. Exactly. I'm not exaggerating. I'm leaving, I'm leaving proof that you this are. is true, okay? Thank you so much. Thank so, Chi, thank you. Mr. Trunk wants to say bye. Ah, bye, Mr. Trunk. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> It was such a great privilege to have you on this edition of One Pomodoro. My pleasure. Uh, you know, with me and you. I will download the video and upload to my IGTV channel so anybody can watch later if you missed this. Thank you very much, Chi. Thank you so much and uh, keep up the good work. You are also someone who really contributes to the, to the community and uh, the whole idea of, uh, of, I think, being a Chivning Scholar and everything is also to give yeah. back to the community yeah. and, and, and that's something yeah. that you actively do. So congrats. Oh, thank you so much. That means the world to me. Thank you very much. So enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And I hope we can see each other again very soon. We, we have a picture with Mr. Trunk, remember? So let's take another one. Yes. <laughs> okay. So bye-bye, Chi. Have a wonderful Sunday, the rest of it. Bye-bye, you too. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Chi te li dà la borsetta di mamma, tuo fa l'americano.